Accelerators are not flaky relics from the hippie era. Far from it. They are the kind of concerned citizens you find at neighborhood watch meetings around the world. Lawyers, consultants, doctors, architects, teachers. Nevertheless, the conference does occasionally tip into farce. At one workshop, held in a hotel lobby, two shaggy philosophy students lead a discussion about the art of doing absolutely nothing. A dozen members convene about ten minutes after the official start time. They sit without speaking, shifting uncomfortably in their fold-up chairs. Only the distant whir of a vacuum cleaner, echoing up a nearby stairwell, disturbs the silence. Elsewhere in the hotel, though, others explore more pragmatic ways of slowing down. One entrepreneur gives a workshop on his blueprint for the world's first slow hotel. Most vacations are so stressful nowadays, explains Bernhard Wallmann, a large middle-aged man with puppy dog eyes. It starts with a journey by plane or car. Then you rush around seeing as many sites as possible. You check your email in an internet cafe. You watch CNN or MTV on the hotel television. You use your mobile to check in with friends or colleagues back home. And then at the end, you return more tired than when you left. Tucked away in an Austrian national park, his 300-bed slow hotel will be different. Guests will travel to a nearby village by steam train and then on to the hotel by foot or in a horse-drawn carriage. All hurry-inducing technology, televisions, cell phones, laptops, tablets, cars, will be banned. Instead, guests will enjoy simple, slow pleasures, such as gardening, hiking, reading, yoga, and spa treatments. Guest speakers will come to talk about time, speed, and slowness. As Volman lays out his vision, some of the decelerators balk. It's too big, too elitist, too commercial, they cry. But Volman who wears the polished black shoes of a man who means business, is undeterred. There is a great hunger for slowness in the world now, he tells me later, between mouthfuls of apple strudel. I think the time is right for a hotel that really lets people slow down in every way. Opting out of the culture of speed involves a leap of faith, and it is always easier to leap when you know others are leaping too. Erwin Heller, a property lawyer from Munich, tells me that meeting other members of the Society for the Deceleration of Time helped him take the plunge. I felt that the constant acceleration of everything was bad, but when you're alone, you always suspect that you might be wrong and that everybody else is right, he says. Knowing there are many other people thinking the same way and even acting on it has given me the confidence to slow down. The Society members are not alone. Around the world, people are banding together into pro-slow groups. More than 700 Japanese people now belong to the Sloth Club, which advocates less hurried, more environmentally friendly living. The group runs a cafe in Tokyo that serves organic food, stages candlelight concerts, and sells t-shirts and coffee mugs bearing the slogan, Slow is Beautiful. Tables are deliberately spaced farther apart than is normal in Japan to encourage people to relax and linger. Thanks in part to the Sloth Club, deceleration is now hip in Japan. The nation's advertisers use the English word slow to sell everything from cigarettes and holidays to apartment blocks. Admiration for the easygoing lifestyle of Mediterranean Europe is so widespread that one commentator talks of the Latinization of the Japanese people. In 2001, one of the Sloth Club's founders, an anthropologist and environmental activist named Keibo Oiwa, published a survey of the various campaigns for slowness around the world. The book was called Slow is Beautiful and is already into its 12th print run. 
When I visit Oiwa at his office at the Meiji Gakuin University outside Tokyo, he is just back from a well-attended three-day workshop on slowness held by the Hyogo Prefecture. More and more people in Japan, especially young people, are realizing that it is okay to be slow, he says. For us, that represents a total sea change in attitudes. On the other side of the Pacific, from its headquarters in San Francisco, the Long Now Foundation is adding to the groundswell. Its members warn that we are so busy sprinting to keep up with the daily grind that we seldom lift our gaze beyond the next deadline, the next set of quarterly figures. Civilization is revving itself into a pathologically short attention span, they say. To make us slow down, to open our eyes to the long view and the big picture, the foundation is building huge, intricate clocks that tick once a year and measure time over ten millennia. The first, a beautiful beast of bronze and steel, is all.